I'll leave you with this with Dustin Chafin. Thank you for listening. I'll leave you with this. Please subscribe to our Patreon page. You can uh, hear all kinds of extras with uh, TJ Miller on the road and hell gig stories and behind the scenes of a comedy club in Manhattan. So please support that. I could really use your support. So if you like this podcast, please uh, sign up for Patreon page. It's only like two bucks and you can really kind of uh, get some extra stuff that I want to try to add. It's even getting better and better each week. So please support us and uh, I'll give back. I promise. So I saw um, uh, Endgame last night. Uh-huh. I thought of you. Uh, gotcha. All you uh, comic guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, uh, you know, a good way to kind of like close out that particular series. Right. You know, I don't know if you liked it, but. I no, it I, I haven't seen it yet. And oh, I'm, wow. one of those, okay. I, I'm one of those awkward people where I've like, I've asked all my friends who have seen it about okay. the spoilers. Like, really? I, I don't I don't mind that type of stuff because I'm the type of person I feel like this, like. If for movies, I get it. Movies can stay in the theaters yeah. for only a finite amount of time. So I get why people get upset at those spoilers. Okay. But like people that watch Game of Thrones and stuff like that to get angry, it's like, dog, the show comes on at a certain time. Yeah. You know what time it comes on. Sure. Go home, be home for it. Okay. okay. You don't get to dictate the other people that actually did the thing and was yeah, home yeah, at yeah. the right time when when All they right. can't talk about it. But for Endgame, um, I think you'd be lined up for it. Yeah, I was going to be, but then, like, when I found out the night of, every place I looked at was sold out, yeah, right? And the only, the only place that was open was, like, 2.45 in the morning, and it was just me. So I was like, I would feel like such a dick if I go to see a movie at 2.45 in the morning and then get out the theater at 6 a.m. to be by myself. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, that, that like there's, there's a level of nerdism that I'm just not delving into, which is which is. Yeah. Tough for me to say because I'm usually all for shit like that. But yeah, I bet nah. you'll be uh, first in line for uh, the new Pikachu movie, though. I feel like you're going to be in. No, I hate Pokemon. <laughs> you do. I hate Pokemon <laughs> and Detective Pikachu. Now, mind you, it looks so dope. It looks yeah. so dope. Yeah. But Detective Pikachu, I I can't support Pokemon because I hate the anime so much. Okay. I hate it so much because okay, you're a big anime fan. But yeah, not bro. That kind of bullshit. But what what it sucks. It sucks as an anime. Ash, it, I don't even know if Ash is going to be in the movie. But, like, Pikachu, does, won't, he won't evolve. And yeah. he could have evolved multiple times, but he <laughs> wants to be as strong as he can. Well, fuck off. It's so funny how comics in general, I was talking to somebody last week about it, how it's just, I mean, we're all 12-year-olds for life. Yes. You know what I mean? It's all wrestling. It's mm-hmm. all comic book movies, comic book stuff. And uh, which is amazing because when I back in, you know, when I was younger and stuff, it's like guys our age or got older 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever. If they were still into that stuff, they were definitely not getting laid or being a part right. of society mm-hmm. like it is now. It's just so, well, you know, open. You, you know, what's funny is that I was growing up in the, um, I guess, in the midst of that change. Yeah. So in 2007, right? So I'm 14. Yeah. And you got everybody named Mother that are shitting on people that watch like, anime if you watch Dragon Ball Z and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. So coming around doing stand up and you'll have a couple of the guys like the leaders of the cool kids or whatnot, they'll yeah. be like, Oh, that's the nerds, you ain't getting laid and I'm like, yeah. hold on, bro. I'm not I'm <laughs> now not, girls are into it. I'm yeah. not not yeah. even that, but it's like I'm not like y'all. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Y'all are socially awkward. Where I come from, yeah. we talked and watched our Dragon Ball Z and all that shit. Oh yeah. And then we'd holler at girls on the street and it worked out. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So I don't know when the culture changed, but I like it. But people are becoming too proud of being nerds. Yeah. Where it's like, dog, relax a little bit. You're almost worse than the jocks that made fun of you back in the day. <laughs> well, it, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. I know you will. But I feel like with black culture, you know, kung fu is more prevalent. Than, oh, hell You know, yeah. you go to a barbershop and it's like kung yeah. fu and stuff like Like it's their themed kung fu barbershops and shit. I, I, I think it's cool. I love kung fu. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is or why it is that we absorb that so much, but it's big, it's big, <laughs> it's big on us, yo. It, really it, I mean, we have it. Like my mom has DVDs where they're not even speaking English. But your mom's into it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she love a good like <laughs> a- African movies where they doing voodoo and shit like that and <laughs> kung fu movies where she has to read the, um, <laughs> the voodoo subtitles. Movies. Oh, they get these African movies from like the um, Harlem market, right? And her and her childhood friend Yvonne, they will go hours on that. And all I, because Yvonne is very emotive. Like Shaka Zulu stuff? Or? No, it's not even Shaka Zulu. It's like 
Bro, it's it's so um, I don't even know how to describe it to you. Like, cause they're so low budget, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But they're such fun. They're like sexy black men and like little cloths and stuff. Is no, I, mean, it's I know not... you were thinking your mama that way, but you know, I heard. I, I, I I'm sure there's a couple of uh, <laughs> what have you heard? <laughs> but no, I'm sure there's a couple like that. But it's mostly like the yeah. tribal people. It's like cheating scandals and all that stuff. It's okay. dramas. Like they'll do the voodoo where uh, your teeth oh, fall out. Oh, contemporary voodoo stuff. Not right. Like, okay. Right. No, not like the dolls. Drum where, circle. Like, and shit like more okay more, more like oh you fucked me over I don't uh-huh. know if I can say that but yeah, oh yeah. you okay cool so you fucked me over and now I'm gonna get you back I'm gonna hurt yeah. your kids through the voodoo or like voodoo scares the shit out of me me too like I I can discount pretty much most things mm-hmm. but I don't fuck with voodoo no like likewise it's uh that that's one of those things where it's like I hope it's not like a thing you yeah. know what I'm saying because yeah. it's like if somebody uses that against you I, I don't know how to fight like I I believe in God and all that, but somebody's chasing you with a chicken foot or something. Yeah, <laughs> oh, worse well, than a knife. I, I mean, <laughs> nothing would scare me more. Because if you, I want to know where you got the chicken foot from, because they yeah. don't just sell that locally. So you hate me to the point yeah. where you went to buy a chicken foot and chase me with it. I'm good. Yeah. You win this they're fight, selling, and I'm sorry. And I sell chicken feet over at Whole Foods. No, but uh, they would do something at Sea Towns, though. Yeah, it is funny how that. I feel. Like, I feel most people get a little more freaked out by voodoo stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, because you you don't know. Like you might, if somebody tells you they did voodoo on you, and now you having a bad day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a part of your mind that goes back to that shit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. hold on, wait, is it because so and so did is doing something to me? Yeah. We had a neighbor, right? I should have bought my mom here because she has <laughs> she has all these stories. She's a much I would better, love to, yeah, much better yeah. storyteller than <laughs> we'll I get am her next time. by far. Yeah. <laughs> but um, back when she was younger, our neighbor Miss Flores, God bless the dead, she um she was into that stuff. Black, uh, Puerto Rican lady, right, and. She was into the Santas and all that. So she talked funny. So my mom said she was on her way to work. <laughs> and Ms. Flores was like, Sunday, Sunday, come here. There's a co-worker of yours that um, she doesn't like you. She took your name and she put it in a ice, what you call it, the, um, you know, the where you put, um, where you make ice cubes, the ice tray? Yeah, yeah. She put your name in an ice tray. <laughs> And it's like to keep you frozen in like whatever position that you in. And she what? and my mom had said she so did. Weird. She never told Miss Flores this, but okay. my mom was like she would go to work and there would be pennies laid out, you know, like around her Some desk. Creepy shit. Yeah. And Miss Flores told her when you go when you go to work, there's pennies lying around your desk, and there's this lady who believes in it. She does like the voodoo too, oh my God. and she's leaving the pennies around your desk. And my mother said, sure enough, she had been noticing there was pennies displayed around her desk. <laughs> So yeah, nobody uses pennies anymore. Right. So if you see so, a penny, like something's up. Oh, somebody's trying to get you. <laughs> so Miss Flores told us, she said, "Sandy, take these flowers, a particular type of flowers, yeah. and you're gonna put these on your desk every day. And when this girl, she's gonna try to give you something, whatever it is, don't take it. Oh, right. Yeah. So my mom said, sure enough, she went to work that whole week. She would bring flowers, and girls, like, oh, wow, that, those are some really nice flowers. It's like some Harry Potter counter curse shit. Yeah. Right? Sure. Sure. And Next thing my mom said is that she comes home after that week. She said, okay, Sandy, now come in here. She laid out the whole spread and went into a trance. Now, it's, we not we're not hard to scare, you know what I'm saying, with that spiritual type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Miss Flores does her thing and says she got her name, got my mom's name out of the ice cube or whatever, had her yeah. Santas do it or what have you. Yeah. And the next thing you know, my mom goes to work maybe three days later, lady's fired. Wow. Yeah. And then Miss Flores had another um, time when she said, "Sandy, don't um, I had a dream about you. Yeah, for like this for the next couple of days, don't carry your purse on um, because my mom would take the train and she have her purse on like the side that was closest to the train. Okay, and she was like, a man gonna try to snatch your purse or what have you, right? Sure enough, on 110th Street, maybe a couple of days after that, my mom said a lady got um mugged thrown into the um tracks. And oh my grabbed god, her purse. Swung her around. Yeah. She lives? I, I don't know if the lady lived. Oh, man. But, uh, she get run over. So, yeah. I don't know if that stuff is real or not. But I mean, it is 110th Street. I mean, you got to you yeah, put that you, in the equation. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, if you if you, if you you run up on my mom's, this is a good chance. You, she she going to stab the shit out of you. I'm telling you that now. I know it's in that person. Um, but, yeah. So, stuff like that. It's, like, just yeah. weird, intricate shit. And my grandma's from, like, South Carolina, God rest her soul. And, yeah. oh, they did that stuff. I guess it's kind of like... They called it roots. They put a root on it. Because I feel like, you know, especially comedians, I bet you're into this stuff too. I think most most entertainers that are trying to get ahead and stuff, I feel, you know, law of attraction. Is, mm-hmm. it, is it, you into that a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel if, if, if that 
is some sort of kinetic energy that happens. I, I can't see why the evil, you know, right. wouldn't happen as well. Law of attraction, yeah. karma, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Good stuff, things sure. happen to good people, bad things happen to terrible yeah. people. Like, I think all that stuff exists, but to find, like, a conduit, a human conduit for it all, yeah. I, I think that's rather scary, and I hope not to cross anybody that's into that type of stuff. <laughs> it's funny with comedy. It's like, you know, every I've never seen an asshole in comedy that didn't somehow get it in the end. Oh, 100%. Oh, 100%. Like, you see these, you know, you know how it is. It's hard. We're coming Mm -hmm. up. We're just trying to do our thing. And it's just like, or or we've been in it a while, whatever. We're still trying to stay relevant. Like, whatever whatever your cross is that you're trying to bear every day in comedy, you know, there'll there'll be a lot of dicks you got to deal with. Yeah. Oh, I'll I'll give you a perfect story. Sure, um, please. And I'm I'm the type of person (laughs) where I could let most things go, but if you were an egregious dick, then, uh, (laughs) so... But you stand up for yourself, which I appreciate. Oh, 100%. You're honest. Mm-hmm. I've never had any any problems with you. Like, right. You're just straight with me. I'm trying to be straight with you. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it works. But. Right. But see, I've always been like that, right? Yeah. So when I started, because I was younger than everybody, you had the guys at the open mic level that were like, how old are you? Oh, 14. You ain't, you ain't never, you going to be done in two weeks, blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, that's a little mean, right? <laughs> so the justice of it is, though, Uh-oh. <laughs> they all quit. <laughs> Every last really? one. Oh, the whole group. Every last one. What are we one. talking? Like ten? Like fifteen. Wow. And like Hilarious. they they quit. Two of them. There's one that I seen recently, right? Okay. And he he was just never particularly nice, right? And I don't yeah. know if he was trying to be nice because you know some people like they could their energy just might offset your energy, so you can never yeah. really tell. So I have to give deference to that. However. We um we're doing this show and I'm supposed to close it and he's hosting right and okay. I mean he's dying a death up top and I won't sit here and act like I didn't enjoy that you know what I'm saying sure, there, sure, there sure. was a part of me that was like oh because you were always not pleasant and yeah. this is just heartwarming so then he brings me up I have a really good time I yeah. come off and he plays the whole well Nico how old are you now I'm like hey dog I'm, um, I'm 25 be 26 soon he's like this motherfucker been 25 the whole time I know I was like nah cause that's not how math works <laughs> and the crowd blows up and he goes to go into jokes and they bomb and I left on that and it felt oh I could've came to that bro that was amazing cause, cause some people are so shitty to you when you start with it's like oh. I'm glad to come back and see you exactly where I left you yeah, man. I mean, it's it's amazing, you know, because I think we're all trying to be healthy people. You right. Know, like, Especially now. I feel like in yeah. the last couple of years, people have had like a renaissance where it's like, I'm going I'm to yeah. eat green. I'm going to drink green sure. juice. I'm Everybody's a, a little more chilled out. Yeah. You know? a, a little bit more. This has been a pretty good year for comedy. Like, mm-hmm. I feel everybody's, there's not a lot of drama. That, and, and thank God, because I, yeah. I was getting sick. Of, I was getting sick of that. Like, honestly sick. Yeah. Because I, I get headaches over shit like that where it's like, dog, it's hard enough. If if you do this professionally, God God hoping you can do it professionally, and if you're doing it full time, there should be a level of you need to thank whatever God you believe in or your yeah. or your work at whatever you believe in that you can do that. Sure. Like it's it's not a, it's not a space that everybody gets to occupy. Yeah. And to go to tear each other down, there was like a good eight nine months of that, and yeah. it was from guys that were like just starting. Sure. And I was like. Well, well, well where, where does that come from? I mean, a little bit of the roast battle uh, era, mm-hmm. I think. People feel like, you know, that's the thing that I never, like, you know, when I, when I was working at the cellar, it was like, you know, I felt like sometimes it was like a genuine thing where my whole thing is like, if we have a relationship, yeah. let's say me and you went on the road, and mm-hmm. let's say I was on stage and, you know, some big girl came up and kissed me or something. It'd, yeah. be, it'd be like, oh, how did big girls go? Like, mm-hmm. if you were messing with me about something that was relevant to us, yes. I would let you bust my balls so freely. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason why you shouldn't. Right. Like, I earned that from you. Mm-hmm. And so we have a, a love and a thing. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I, you know, I see now where it's like, I, guys, I don't even know. Just come mm-hmm. at me quick. Mm-hmm. Come at me hard, trying to, like, bust me down. And I'm like, who are you? Like, right, I don't right. even know your name. Right. And you're trying to, like, you know, bust on. And I know a lot of these guys, they only veer veterans that that, that are, like, special guys that they know on TV mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's like, there's plenty of us that are holding this down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the reason why New York is, New York comedy is thriving is because yes. of these vets. We've been banging out sets, yep. consistent sets. Yeah. Night after night, mm-hmm. and it's just like you know, for guys to dismiss that drives me crazy. To be to be honest with you, I think I think there's a couple things happening right now, right? So the vets and 
Because now, it, this might sound crazy how I categorize them, yeah. right? But I'm 12 years in now, right? So the vets, there were vets when I started. I called them super vets, right? The guys that are the 20, 20 to 25 years and, and um, higher, right? Yeah. Then you got you got us. We're coming into the fold now to where we're the club guys now, yeah. right? But when I started, you would have to – there was a certain level of respect that you would have to have for the guys that are older than you because – you would have to see those guys. Like, no matter when you were doing your spot, if you were doing checks, yeah. you had to go. If <laughs> you, He's pulling the mic back. Because my voice. When, when it goes red, you're too high. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> oh, damn. I ain't putting no pressure on that. Okay. But, um, like, I would have to see Godfrey. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, sure. I would have to see him. I never met him, but if you did, you would have to be in the same room as Patrice, so O'Neal, and all those guys. Yeah, yeah, sure. And you quickly realize. Or even if they didn't say anything to you, that there was a difference in effect there. You know yeah. what I mean? I remember one time standing up in New York, one of my favorite stories. I went on stage. I did checks, right? And it went really well. I felt really good about it. And I guess you could see that I felt really good about it. Yeah. And Godfrey was like, um, how, how'd it go, young man? How you feel? Like, oh, I feel good. He's like, you killed it, right? And you know how you don't want to say, like, yeah? Because yeah. I, I didn't know if I was being, like, trapped. I was like, no, yeah. I did all right. You know, the modesty shit in my head. I'm like, ah, oh, I ripped. And he goes... <laughs> All right, good job, good job. Watch this. And goes up and murders. And I, I was sitting there like, fuck. And I, I, didn't, I didn't feel bad. I no. felt great because it's sure. like, okay, gotcha. Yeah. That's, that's what that's really supposed to look like. Sure. Like, sure. I did fine. You sure. know what I mean? But that's what that's supposed to look like. I feel like there's a... Yeah. Um, not a lack, because there's plenty of comics yeah. that are c- coming up that have a l- world's worth of respect for the people older than them. Yeah. But I feel like for that like six to eight months when people were just like yakking on Facebook, yeah. there was a almost like a pull from tradition a little bit. But I think everybody's getting back, to, back yeah, on track. Yeah, I mean, you know, a few years back when I was like, you know, coming up and stuff, but, you know, guys like, you know, Todd Lynn and Patrice mm-hmm. and guys like that. And, you know, the thing is with Patrice is, you know, he's a sacred, you know, comic to a lot of people. And I think on stage, he was, you know, definitely this guy that was was close to becoming a really, a really amazing comedian. Like, he was on his way to legend status in an unfortunate accident. But I feel like um, he was not a good person <laughs> to a lot of young comics. I didn't, and, I didn't know. <laughs> and it was like, but he was like Todd Lynn. Like, they were competing. You know Todd. And Todd was yeah, a I dick. Didn't, I didn't yeah. know how much and care so, for him. And it was like that kind of stuff was happening, and I think it's like, and sometimes you just have to kind of like see past that with a person and right. know that it's like, because it's almost like this kind of sports mentality, mm-hmm. like you're trying to like raz the uh, the freshman, yeah. And it's like I never took it personal, mm-hmm. except, but sometimes you know I felt like, you know, it, it was unnecessary, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's this thing now where it's just like. You know, like like I see, there's a few of them left. Yeah. You know, it's like Keith and these guys, and they're great dudes. But they still sometimes it's like you just see them; they just can't help themselves. They mm-hmm. just want to kind of play and whatever. Right. And if you take it in the right way, it's fine. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I was always been one of these guys that was trying to like, you know, build people up and try to take the young guy under my wing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I just, I, it was nonsense sometimes to me, mm-hmm. where it's just like sometimes you'd be at the cellar table and it's like. I'd be like, I got it. I wear a cowboy hat. Like, you've said yeah. this three times already. Right. <laughs> like, right. It's like, I know what you're trying to do, but yeah. it's like, stop. But you see, with, with, with that type of stuff, I feel you. But yeah. I, I always felt like, yeah. you know, because when around around that time, we were all super young and broke. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. those guys would, um, it, it's weird the people that people said would be like dicks and stuff like that, right? Yeah. I remember when I was starting, people like David Tell and Rich Voss aren't nice people. Yeah. Two of the nicest people that I've ever encountered, just sure. for me personally. Yeah. David Tell came in at, he's David Tell, he doesn't have to speak to anybody. He came in to stand up New York one day, he shook hands with everyone. Sure, sure, you sure. You know what I mean? Nice guy. Yeah. Rich Voss, I was doing um, checks on New Year's at Stand Up New York one night. And, you know, it's not a paid spot. I come off stage and I had a really good set. I come off stage and it's $50 at the, um, you know, thing for me. So I go, Oh, that's all right. I ain't asking no questions. I sign my little receipt, put the money in my pocket. Artie comes up to me. He's like, you got paid, right? I was like, yeah. He said, you should thank Rich Voss. He got you paid. Oh, so nice. when I went out to thank him, you know how he is. He wouldn't, he wouldn't take the things. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like, that's, I think that's a very nice gesture. Sure. So, so to, what, to your point, 
about like sometimes people can go too far. I think it's all about where it comes from internally. You know? Yeah, I agree. But, but then, I... of course, no matter if if you, if I keep being the butt of the joke, that's going to get old after a while. <laughs> yeah, no, I think with uh, yeah, you got. I think you got a tell. Uh, you got good a tell. Like he quit drinking. So gotcha. that's a that's a positive tell, mm-hmm. and a tell is is very good, you know. At you know, kind of looking out for young guys and stuff right. like that. And uh, yeah, and Voss is one of those guys that like his brand is Dick. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times, like he kind of hides behind that brand. Mm-hmm. Like he is a good dude, but yeah. he feels like he can't help himself. That's a guy that's like there. He'll be like, I can try to be nice, and he just can't help but bust your balls. Right. Like that's just who he is. Right. But I think, yeah, there's definitely some love going around. A hundred percent. But at the same time, you can't depend on that if you're a comic. You know, mm-hmm. when you're coming up, one thing is with you, I feel like you've had to fight for kind of a lot of ageism happening with you. Mm-hmm. Because because um, I saw it. I've fought for you a few times mm-hmm. where it's like people didn't understand why I was booking you early when I was booking you earlier. Mm-hmm. And I think people didn't quite get that, you know, because you came in with... Um, you know, you a certain amount of swag or a certain mm-hmm. amount of confidence mm-hmm. that you know you were able to back up. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes maybe not. You know, mm-hmm. we all have those sets, yeah. but I think for the most part, you know, I could see a little bit of that confidence. You know, kind of maybe some of the older guys not quite embracing. Right, right, right. Because they they felt like you shouldn't be that confident because you haven't been doing it 15 years or whatever. Right. So I I think you had to fight against that a little bit. A little bit. But see, here was my response to that always was you you can't stop what you're not a part of, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't thank God I didn't start on the open mic scene of New York City. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had any confidence, you know. I started in school. So I started in school, and my classmates liked what I was doing, right? And now you take that and you add on some years in actually doing it. It's like it's not like I was playing around. Yeah. My first year, I spent, what, $2,000 in open mics? Now, you divide that by five, and you tell me how much that is. So you couldn't act like I wasn't working. And then the people that, like, Donnell Rollins was the first guy to actually, like, he's the only person I can consider a mentor without actually trying to be. You know what I mean? Sure. So it was put up or shut up. And if you did well, he's going to let you know you did well. Yeah. But if you went up on his show and bombed, he was going to do 10 minutes on how it didn't go well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I came from that. Yeah. So you couldn't tell me that I should, I don't deserve to be confident. I'm not saying I'm better than anybody. Yeah, you know what I'm, yeah. I'm coming out, I'm doing my job, and I'm leaving. What I think it was was that, um, like you said, people sometimes think you shouldn't be as confident as you are. You haven't done anything to deserve that. But you don't get to be the judge of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I'm, what, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, I'm a high school kid, I'm respectful. Yeah. Outside of the respect that I give you, and I gave everybody a good amount of respect. I never came into a place, stepped over anybody's feet, and not said hello. Yeah. Spoke to everybody, stayed to myself for the most part. I didn't see the problem. But yeah. I've heard that a couple of times where Donnell was like, you know, I've had people like, well, why, why are you giving him the spot? But I got the spot. And I did what I was supposed to do with it. And there's something about being present that I feel like people don't take into account anymore. I was always present. I would stay for a show. I would show up and I would ask. You know what I mean? I didn't ask like a dick. I didn't hunt anybody down. But, oh, can I get some time? Can I get some time? Hey, um, if if anybody's running late or anything, I'll, I'll be here. Now, sometimes that can get annoying, but you yeah. pick your spot. No, I understand that. Uh, people were horrible to me when I started comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody was nice to me. Um, mm-hmm. I did not have a lot of people looking out for me. I can't tell you a mentor, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know, I worked with a couple of guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Jim Andrinos was good to me. A couple other people were decent here and there. DC Ben was pretty nice to me. But nobody really took me under their wing. Nobody had me open for him or anything like that. Right. And so I automatically had to create my own stage time i had to create my own scene Mm -hmm. that's why you know i was the best bar comedy bar producer there ever was that's Mm -hmm. why all the clubs kept calling me up and want me to do it at the clubs because uh, the village lantern was as good as the cellar for a second it had patrice it had norton it had everybody and it was like popping when it was downstairs i ran that seven days a week Mm -hmm. and it was like two shows friday saturday and it was like a real comedy club. Like mm-hmm. that was the kind of mentality I had because I was like, if you're not going to give me love mm-hmm. at the club, 
then I'm going to create it myself. Right. And so that's how I've always, you know, kind of like been involved mm-hmm. in this where it's just like, because I'm not good with people. Okay. A lot of people misread me. Right, right. A lot of people think that, you know, I'm a dick or whatever. They don't mm-hmm. know me. And mm-hmm. so, because I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going to give you, you know, myself unless I unless I trust you. Right, right, right. And so a lot of people kind of, you know, we, are weird with me. And it's always been that way with me where mm-hmm. I just like, that's, it's not, I really had no confidence. I was just like, I didn't, I didn't try to mm-hmm. say I'm this or that. I just said, fuck it. You don't like me. That's fine. Right. I probably gave up too quick at a lot mm-hmm. of places because I'd be like, ah, I'll just run a club down the street. Right. So that right. was my problem. Right. See, I was for, I was fortunate in that regard to where, like I said, it wasn't as much anybody trying to mentor, but I learned yeah. a lot from watching. Right. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. you take guys like um, and again, there's something about being present. So you yeah. take somebody like a Donnell who don't gotta do nothing for nobody, and I met yeah. him kind of weird. Yeah. So yeah. I go down, I do a show in Harlem at Creole Lounge, and uh, this girl named Don B, who um, I wonder how she's doing. I gotta reach out. But um, Don B was closing the show. She saw me. She was like. Uh, you should come down and laugh lounge. Ashley Larry runs the show. I didn't have cable, so I never watched the Chappelle show. Oh, wow. So I was like, Ashley Larry, um, I I guess. So <laughs> I get dressed to the nines. I go down to laugh lounge. I showed up super early, yeah. so I'm near in time for the open mic. So I met my friends there. I met like Chris Stefano, Pudge Fernandez, sure. uh, Angela Zaz, Brian John, everybody. So I meet them there. Later on, the show starts. So Don B, I saw Donnell at the table. I recognize him as Donnell Rollins. So I would watch yeah. Bad Boys of Comedy. So I went up, I introduced myself, told him I was a fan. I go to sit off to the side. And the show starts, he, go up, he comes to me, he's like, all right, I'm going to bring you up first. I was like, now, I'd only at that point had done, like, I'd done my open mics and my shows at school, and I'd only done, like, maybe five professional shows. Yeah. So I was like, I always chose second. I always was given a choice. Sure, we all do. Right, right. <laughs> so I was like, uh, well, usually I, usually I don't go first. Oh, no. I usually go, oh, no. I usually go second, oh, right? Oh, no. But to to this day, when one one of the best lessons, right? Because he looked at me so oh, like yeah. non like yeah. there, there was no care. That's that confidence I was trying to you know talk yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. But that that wasn't even confidence. That was nervousness. I yeah, said yeah, that yeah. nervousness. Like, okay. Yo, uh, you know, and I have a flat tone. I gotta remember that sometimes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and no bass in my voice back then. <laughs> so it was aggressive. Yeah. I said. um... <laughs> Yeah, man. I don't. I don't. I don't. Usually, I don't usually go first. I usually go. Yeah. I usually ask to go second. He was like, "You want to go first? All right. Holler at me. You ready to be a comedian?" And he turned oh, and walked shit. away. Right. So yeah. if you believe in fate, thankfully <laughs> nobody else wanted to go first. So he was like, "No, nobody. I ain't got nobody to go first. And Don B was like, "Nico, go and go first. Little nigga said he don't want to go first. <laughs> so, so I was like, uh, "I said, no, I'll go first. So I went up. I did fine. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But I, I would come every single week. And every other week he put me on, but I would watch the show. Yeah, you know what I mean? I watch sure. somebody like him work a crowd. And to this day, when I go to headline, it's something that he said that always rings in my ear when I put together a lineup. It's like, I want my audience to get their money's worth before they even see me. Sure. You know what I mean? So where he doesn't, like if somebody before him is killing, that's what he wants. That's nice. Because he wants them to get a great show. So I always yeah. took something like that from him. Watching somebody like Mike Yard, where it's like, they... When you hear about black comedians having like energy, right? Yeah. I always thought that meant like you had to be like Martin Lawrence back in the day, running around, losing it. Yeah. But some energy is kinetic. I watched yeah. Mike Yard one day sit down yeah. and rip this audience asunder. Sure. And like I'm talking, people are bent over, moving out of their chairs, and he ain't moved once. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's masterful shit. No, so, it is. Yeah. Being able to being able to sit back and watch and learn like those types of things, yeah. I thought helped a lot. No, it's it's amazing. I, I did I did open for um, Don Elk a few times at the Improvs in Texas mm-hmm. and stuff, and uh, I ran a show with him. They used to have one up on the Upper East Side. I don't know if you remember that place. It was like mm-hmm. a little bar, a little. Uh, it was like an Irish bar. Gotcha. And that, that's where that's where I met Giannis for the first time. Oh, okay. And it was just like Giannis and those guys. It was like a bar show. I got a story for you, with Giannis. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh so yeah it, that's i mean what that's you do something that a lot of young comics i feel coming out don't do and that is is watch the show is mm-hmm. study people you hadn't seen before yeah. and just kind of like take it in and i think that's just made you a good comic is that you you know you're not afraid to kind of like be inspired by right and like you know kind of like see how that that stuff goes because that is great that you even notice that about you know because 
uh, Mark Marin was that for me when I would watch him sit on a stool, mm-hmm. and it was like he had this just his energy was intellect, yeah, and it was just like the way he would just kind of challenge the crowd. It was just the same as energy as somebody humping a stool, right? Like it was just because you're like see, you're making somebody think, which is just as much as making somebody surprised when somebody's jumping around. Mm-hmm. So the, the energy was great. It's cool that you like recognize that, yeah, because it it was everything that it's like okay, that's what I'm trying to get to. Because I used to do, man, I used to have a joke where I would fall down and run back and forth and all that stuff. Oh, I don't need to do that because I feel so (laughs) stupid doing it. You know what I mean? It was good to know I didn't need to do that. So it helped helped me find my medium. Because, like, I I don't know if I'll ever be as animated as one of my heroes like Cat Williams. I don't know if I'll be as, um, I don't know, like, standstill as insert, you know, standstill comedian here. But like Ryan I Hamilton be, or something. Right. Yeah. But I could be somewhere in the middle and be able to go to both as the joke calls for it. Yeah. I think that's interesting, though, because I mm-hmm. think that's, you know, well, that's the thing is it's like just do what you're naturally good at. Right. You know, like, I, you know, I work with the uh, open for T.J. Miller a lot. And mm-hmm. he is he's like this everything comic. Like yeah. he's a he's a juggler. He's like a vaudeville guy. Yep. He's like, you know. It's like and really cares it, a lot about comedy. He I does. Don't. He does. He does like one liners. He does stories. Like he's really encompasses everything he has. He's given it to you on right. stage. Like he's definitely. And just to go back, um, that's the coolest fucking thing I ever heard is that the thing about Donnell wanting to get the money's worth before he goes on. Yeah. Like that's that's proving to you that he gets what comedy is. Yeah. And it's a true showman that would even yeah. say that and confident in himself. The most gangster, the most gangster shit I ever seen, and I won't say um, homie's name because I respect him a lot. But somebody was on um, Donnell's show, right? Yeah. And I think they were featuring for Donnell. Okay. And they wasn't giving it the energy mm. that he felt his crowd deserved. <laughs> yeah. And I just so happened to be sitting in the green, sitting in the green room. Yeah. And Donnell in the green room, he'll like he he has music playing. Oh, you yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? He yeah. get he gets yeah, to I've himself been... to get in his mm-hmm. mode. But when he heard his crowd not having a good time, mm-hmm. homie came on stage. This is a comic that we all respect, and especially like the young guys at that time. Sure, adored. sure, sure. sure. I ain't never seen somebody get dressed down so fast. <laughs> Donnell, Donnell basically told him, "I'm paraphrasing." He was like, "Yo, you mind giving a fuck?" <laughs> And homie was like, you know, that he, I don't know if he was sick or whatever, but yeah. Donnell said, all right, the next show, he <laughs> gave Khalees that spot okay. and gave the guy, like, the guest spot, okay. you know what I mean, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then sent him on his way. Wow. You know what I mean? Most yeah, gangster yeah. shit I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Um, it is amazing, because it's like, you and I know, between the two of us, we know everybody. Oh, yeah. And so, and it's funny how there's just so many people that are idolized in comedy that we've mm-hmm. heard get booed out off mm-hmm. stage at, you know, Mad Square Garden or did this. Like, there's just so many crazy things that people don't know the behind the scenes of all these comics. Right. And, and you yeah. know, one, one don't take away from the other. No, you know it doesn't. It makes you stronger, if anything. Yeah. Sure. But... Uh, but we're not all like you know. But I'm just saying a lot of people lift people, and you're just like, dude, okay. But he's just as just as much as a comic as this other club guy. You know, well, well, right. A lot of times, it's finding out that um your hero's immortal. You know what I'm saying? When I I watched the video of Cat Williams melting down on stage, right? (laughs) It's like, oh, shoot, I didn't know that even happened at that level. But it does. When I would read stories about Chappelle, another one of my heroes, and it's like, Uh, oh, wait, he had a bad set? It's like, yes. It's the the nature of the um, beast. There's nothing better than that. Uh, Giannis stories. Okay, please. My mom hated Giannis Papas. I get it. It took me a while. No, 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 no. (laughs) She hated him because whenever I was on shows with him, yeah, I wouldn't get home until late. Oh, okay. You understand? Okay. So now I would I would be like the opening guy on the show, gotcha. right? Not the feature, but I was opening doing sure, the spot. Sure. And yeah, good at that first spot. Yeah. So <laughs> it's that we in Queens every time, so like play lounge sure, and sure. then like Rolling Greens, and Yon's the first person that I saw do this much time, like ninety minutes. So yeah, it's he, hard to get him off stage sometimes. He did, <laughs> he did all his shit. My mom, I had the Regents test the next day. Okay. My mom is blowing my phone up. But since we're in Queens, I need Pudge to give me the ride back to the train station gotcha. so I can get home. This is before Uber and all that, yeah. right? And I only had like you know two dollars to get back on the train. So she called me and I wasn't answering because I was like I don't want to get yelled at. But then finally I answered. I was like, I, I can't leave now because the guy that's headlining, he's still on stage. Well, who the fuck is headlining? I says, Giannis Papas. Well, fuck him. You got a test in the morning. Somebody need to get you back to the fucking train so you can get home. 
So to this day, and I, I love Giannis. Whatever, um, I, I don't even know if I've told him those stories yet. Yeah. But yeah, my mom couldn't stand it when I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm on this show. Well, is that Giannis? Because she couldn't say the last name right. She says, Giannis, Papa on the show too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the funniest thing is his uh, special that he just taped is called Blowing the Light. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that's great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's. Uh, it's funny, you know, some comics like Giannis, I always envy that kind of comic that can like, you know, like he's got an act that allows itself. You're kind of like this too, where you get, you get revved up mm -hmm. and you can kind of like keep going on a topic. Right. And I think that's not everybody can do that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's definitely like, you know, a riff comic, if that guess that's what you call people like that. Mm -hmm. But I think it's definitely, um, yeah, it's a gift, you know, to people that oh, can yeah. like explore how they feel about something. Mm -hmm. I notice, you know, in your act, it's like, you know, I feel you going down that road a lot. Mm -hmm. Most of the time I see you, you mm -hmm. try to, you try to keep it, Topical, you know, mm -hmm. whatever's happening, you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to beat it to death. Whatever, yeah. whatever the premise is, I'm going to try <laughs> to beat it to death. Yeah. So it's like now where the act is. So I have I have a lot of material, right? Yeah. So when I was 21, I put out Introducing Me. That's my sure. first special is independent, right? Yeah. So that was an hour and six minutes. Okay. And it's funny the things that people pick up on. It's all about, and I guess it's all about when you see somebody. Yeah. Because when I go back and I watch Introducing Me, the stuff that I did that was like topical was maybe 20% of the whole thing. Okay. And a lot of stuff was just like personal stories. I didn't realize how many stories I tell on stage okay. until recently. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, damn. This this is a lot of stories. That's why I think I'm having a um hard time like chopping stuff up to figure out what to put for like a late night set because there's so yeah. many sides to the guy that I don't know which side is fits it best. Sure. Because, you know, I'm, I'm like, okay, I can write all the topical stuff, but that'll be dead in whatever amount of time would they yeah, want to yeah. air that. Sure. I have a lot of personal stories. Would I want to air those? Would the, would the subject matter of those stories be allowed on um, network? And then, just on the observational stuff, the, can I piece these all together in a way that makes sense? Yeah, that are yeah. cohesive enough that they would, you know, showcase it on a, um, you know, a late night show. Okay. So, that that's the struggle, but I'm happy to how much it's grown, you know. Because I watch old tapes and cringe. <laughs> Do you? Oh, I cringe so hard. Them comedy time tapes. Comedy time. When none of us had. Oh, bro. When none of us had facial hair. Oh, I always had facial hair. I'm, I'm one of the I'm one of the guys who've had it forever. Then everybody's having a beard, and I'm like, "Come mm. on, man!" Gotcha, yeah. man. When I, I always watch, had a beard. When I watch my comedy time tape, I go, "Ugh, God, <laughs> boy, you ain't growing to your face yet." <laughs> Ooh, and you just a smiling with that gap too. That's, Jesus, that's hilarious. Right. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Well, I, you know, I've been through all kinds of phases. You mm -hmm. know, just like. When I first started, it was like all kinds of looks and, mm. you know, just uh, I was a grunge guy when I started. Mm. I, was, uh, I looked like, you know, it was the Nirvana, Pearl Jam stuff. Question for you. <laughs> what was what was the saddest that you think you've been with doing stand-up? On stage? No, just in general. Like, yo, I, this, I don't know if I'm going to be able to put one foot in front of the other. Uh, That's how you know it's serious when you hear that sigh right before the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Uh yeah man I had a I had a real rough patch mm -hmm. um I uh, tried to kill myself uh, gotcha. about uh, a long, maybe fifteen it was about twenty years ago I guess mm -hmm. maybe fifteen mm -hmm. let's see when it was it was like two thousand probably two thousand two maybe about two thousand two yeah oh yeah two thousand two yeah I had a rough relationship mm -hmm. um I was uh, you know just kind of I was alcoholic you know I was an addict and. Uh, just in a bad relationship with this girl, and I was just like kind of at a wit's end with the comedy. You know, I feel like it was one of those things where I was just like not not working out the way I, as fast as I wanted to because I had a shitty relationship. This person was riding me to get to the next level, and it was uh, always just like you know you don't make enough money, and, you yeah. know, and you know it was this falsified love that I had for her, right. and it was like uh, it was rough, and I OD'd, uh, mm -hmm. took a you know. A whole bottle it was like ninety tablets of <laughs> fucking Tylenol PM. Uh, oh I, shit! Ninety tablets, Yo. and I took fucking. I had six Tall Boys yeah. Budweisers, drank all six of them, uh -huh. and just fucking 
conked out, like mm. what was one eye open kind of thing. And wow. then uh, they somehow got me in a cab and, uh, you know, took me to the hospital. They pumped my stomach mm. and put me in the psych ward for about two weeks. Gotcha. And it was a lot of reflection yeah. of like how bad something really is, you know. And it's helped me now where I'm at in my life now because I'm relatively healthy with that kind of stuff. And uh, so, yeah, it was like I remember getting out of the psych ward, and that was a whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you you think, you know, you're just fucked up in your head, and then it's just like all this depression is like hit you, and you just try to fucking kill yourself, and then yeah. you're just like, you know. And then I remember my first set, it was funny because it was like all I could think about in there was smoking because mm-hmm. they, they, you know, I couldn't smoke cigarettes. They wouldn't let you smoke cigarettes. So then I just, as soon as I got out, I just did this whole bit on smoking, how smoking. You know, at least in New York, you have it's like a little mini gas mask. So mm-hmm. when the apocalypse happens, you know, we have these little filters that'll save us. And it was a whole thing like writing material on what I was feeling, writing a new bit, basically. Right. <laughs> in right. the psych ward mm-hmm. is what fucking got me right back in. Right. <laughs> it's like otherwise, you know, it would not have probably helped. So uh, in twenty fourteen, <laughs> yeah. right, in January. So it was a couple things, and yeah. this is the only time I've ever been like sad doing comedy because mm-hmm. i i really do have i've been i've been doing it so long you know what i mean yeah. and it's because i started when i started so i started at 14 in a couple of years i'll be doing comedy more years than i haven't been doing comedy yeah that's you know impressive. what i'm saying yeah so now having said that grandma passed away okay in january of 2014 and before she had passed away, I was messing with this girl and having sex raw and got her pregnant, mm. and paid for like the abortion, all that mm. stuff. You know what I'm saying? Now, yeah. you know, there, there's a kind of guilt that follows that. Sure. Because I was like, you know, I could could have been a dad. And, yeah. You know, I, I didn't really like her like that. She didn't really like me yeah. like that. But it's like, but damn. you saw Hoop Dreams. You don't want to do that. Right. Yeah. Nah, I don't know shit. But <laughs> especially back then. So now, when, get gran- on the team. when grandma passed, I've never felt such a rush of emotion at yeah. one time because it, it didn't yeah. make me numb for like almost two months. Yeah. Because the girl that I was talking to, I, all the feelings I had shut off like yeah. that. Uh, I was worried about my mom because my mom wasn't working and because she had took 12 years to take care of her mother. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they did some shit with the apartment where they took the rent and said, oh, times four. So mm. now I'm the only one that's making money. Now, I'm making money off of stand-up. And funny how shit works out. The same, like, when all that stuff happened, started to happen, I started getting paid more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it that's what got me out of the funk. Yeah. When I got my first $1,000 check, oh, I cried like a bitch. <laughs> like, oh, like, I hey. still cry when I get one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro, I cried like such a bitch. Yeah. So when... Yeah. So Jay Farrell, right? This is why he'll forever be gold in my book. First of all, yeah. super nice, sweetheart. Oh my god, I love that super guy. Super nice dude, funny. He is on, good dude. You yeah. see him put on a live show. It's very few um, he gives comics I've worked with that put that much into their sure, show, sure. and He's his good. crowd gives it back to him. But anyway, he, um, I'm doing a show with him and Grandma. We had just buried Grandma, so I was kind of down, but I was happy yeah. to work with him. And we do the show, so I'm hosting. Yeah. And, you know, Caroline's pay you good for hosting that um, weekend. Sure, sure. So I was like, okay, cool, I got that. So I can, um, I from what I had already, I can put, I can pay the bills and all that shit. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay the rent, but I'm going to pay everything else. I got that. Sure. I go to go in the back. His sister goes, uh, what are you doing Tuesday? I'm like, Tuesday, um, I'm free. Why, what's up? Well, Jay's doing Rutgers. Um, he wants you to open for him. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool, I can do it. She's like, all right, got you. So she sends me the, um, you know, and, you know, that to them, that ain't, that ain't no money. They seem real money. Sure. So they send me the email. I scroll through that shit. I saw a thousand. I, I said, huh? Hold on, wait. It's, it's that? Said, yeah, it's pays thousand dollars for 20 minutes. Oh, okay. All right, got you. Cool. So we go do the show. Let me show six. No, just one. Just one show. One oh, show. Wow. It was at a college. Oh, college. Okay. You know I thought it was. Saying? Oh, I was thinking it was Stress Factory because you said Rutgers. I automatically think. Gotcha. Nah. So he's <laughs> okay. he's yeah. doing the college, and yeah. so we do the college. It's a great show. Yeah, yeah, sure. And so they were sending the check in the mail. Okay. And I knew the check was coming, and I knew my mom was worried because she was back looking for work. You know what I'm oh, saying? Okay. And I'm covering all the bills and paying for her to be able to go out and you know do her thing. So. I told her, I said, check the mail. She said, uh, you got a check. I said, open it. She opened the check and was like, oh. oh. <laughs> well, well, all right. <laughs> all right, big dog, I hear you. 
Okay. It's $1,000. Well done. And you can hear, like, the pride in her voice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That brought me out of the funk. Because, sure. boy, Lord knows, Grandma went, I, I was in a bad way. I cho- yeah. Funny enough, I had a spot at Greenwich, right? Yeah, yeah. And homegirl meant no harm. Yeah. No harm. But she asked me, it was like, so, sometimes people don't know, like, leave, leave me alone. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure, sure. She And she had harmless questions. She was like, <laughs> you know, um, like, you know, what did it? Like, what, what, t- what, basically what, you know, what took out grandma? And I was like, honestly, don't say anything to me right now. Just yeah. like, please. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I, 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 I was this close. And it's like, that's kind of the part that people don't understand yeah. about stand-ups that we have to do this no matter how we feel. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, like yeah, I that, Ar- Artie Fuqua gets a world of respect from me. Yeah, because I remember when what happened happened. Yeah, and you know how you see somebody, and I remember when he was going on stage. I was like, "That's yeah. a strong dude." Yeah, that's a strong dude to have those types of losses and go back to wanting to making people laugh. Yeah, yeah. That's like a different type of person. I don't think we get enough credit for that part. No, I think so. I think he definitely, I mean, what all those guys went through. I had Harris stand on here, and it was mm-hmm. just like, yeah, it's a very uh, traumatic thing to yeah. have to. And that's the thing with stand-up. It's like, you know, I've had th- things happen with me. Like I remember you said that about the girl and the pregnant thing. I had a girl. I remember one time a girl called me right before I was about to go on at Gotham, and she told me she was pregnant, and I hated this girl. I hated this girl. Yeah. And then I had to follow Lewis Black and I, at checks. <laughs> right. And it was like the worst set I've ever had in my right. life. I still think about that set. Like yeah. that was the most. It was like people were yelling stuff. It mm-hmm. was. It was like a like a, you ever have like heckling's one thing, mm-hmm. but when you get group heckled, oh, it's the worst. Like, it's the most. Like it'll take most men down. It, it's, like unless you're just like you know you're in a zone where you can fuck with it, mm-hmm. you know, like a Bill Burr kind of thing. But otherwise, it's like it could just really chop you at the knees. I had somebody throw yeah. a drink in my face. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, village Lantern. fucking animals. Oh yeah, village lantern. Uh, <laughs> Australian. Lan- I'll never forget. It. Like you said, it, it wakes you up at night sometimes. Uh, uh, Australian lady. Yeah. Derek Gaines is on stage before me. Now, oh, I'll, I'll never oh, let. I'll, that's a little troublemaker right there. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, oh, I'll never let him forget this shit. Yeah, he's a troublemaker. I'll never let him forget it. So the lady, but she's heckling everybody. No, I know, but you and know what I mean. He goes, yeah. "Yo, you must be drunk. What you drinking?" Yeah. She goes, "Oh, this is water. This is water. Should I get you another water?" He tossed down a water, and she he goes, tossed it down. Uh huh. He uh, like 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 you holding your yeah, water. Sure, sure. He put his finger in it and just like moved it to oh, the no. side, okay. and it tipped over. Oh no. And she's like, "You asshole! That was a vodka soda." He goes, "Well, that's what you get for lying." And <laughs> he finishes the set. Right. I go on stage next. Now, yeah. mind you, yeah. I only wanted to do one joke because I just hooked up with a big girl. And she gave me head, and I thought that it was supposed. To, <laughs> I thought it was going to be amazing, and it was like bad. And I only wanted to work out that one joke, and I was going to leave to host my show, at Grizzly Pear. Yeah, I go on stage. I said to the lady, I was like, "Damn, that's messed up." I hope you get another drink. Yeah. I point to two girls in the back, and I say, "You two girls are gorgeous." And the lady just screams out, "Fuck you!" <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. So. Know anything about me? I'm. You ain't just gonna say that to me. I was like, sure. "Fuck me, well, bitch, fuck you too." So when I say that, I see her stand up. So I'm thinking she's leaving. I'm like, "All right, if you're gonna leave, it's just leave." You know how Lantern has that sure, wall sure. in my face. All right, man. If you're gonna this leave, is downstairs, leave. right? Downstairs. Yeah. Bro, I turned back around. She got a new drink and she threw that shit in my face. Oh shit! So when the drink hit me, I I saw literal red. Oh yeah. Cause don't 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 touch me. Don't touch me. Don't throw anything at me and don't scream at me. Those are yeah. three things I really really hate. So <laughs> I jump off before I jumped off stage. Yeah. I I said on the mic and it's like I was having an out of body experience. I said on the mic. I said, Nico, don't hit her. I jump off stage. <laughs> I said, Who the fuck you think you throwing shit at? And I grabbed what I thought was a drink, oh. and I tossed it on her. It wasn't a drink. It was a candle. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I saw when the wax got oh, on no. her. Oh, no. I've never heard this story. This is amazing. Yeah, so the wax got on her, and oh, I hear shit. Matt Richards in the background go, Don't set her on fire! <laughs> so I took somebody, without even thinking, I took somebody's water, and I tossed that, too. And so now, now she didn't. She didn't got a face full of wax, water. The only thing that I regret is that her friend who did nothing. I said, "Oh, you with her?" 
I took a uh, I took some ice drink. I tossed it on a friend. I got a standing ovation. Oh wow! In that room, that's hilarious. They carried them off upstairs and whatnot. And I do the one joke that I wanted to do. Yeah, I le- I'm irate. Yeah. But everybody's telling me, y'all, she called the cops on you. You need to get out of here. Blah blah blah. I'm like, no, fuck that. I don't need to go nowhere. <laughs> And you know the Lantern used to have those two jugs of water by yeah, the uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, yeah. I'm gonna get because I'm 18 and from the hood. And I don't play like that. I was yeah. like, I'm gonna take these two jugs of water. I'm gonna t- catch them outside, dunk them, and then go on about the rest of my night. Sure. But Matt and Derek was like, no, 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 do that, no, no. So I, I, I left that. I go upstairs. I go to go to host my show at Grizzly Pair, Right. Sure enough, she's so drunk she didn't even notice me walking past her. She's at 1849 telling the bouncer there, we went to a comedy show <laughs> and the comedian threw wax in my friend's face for no reason. It wouldn't have anything to do with the fact that she threw an entire vodka soda at my face. Oh, you said that? <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't say yeah. shit. I just kept oh, walking. I thought you said it behind her. No, oh, no. Okay. I, I just kept walking. I just yeah. kept walking. I, yeah. I, I, I didn't beat fate twice tonight. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, Nico yeah. White, everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Neil Constantine did some funny shit. I wake up the next day and said, Neil Constantine posted yeah. on your wall. It was a picture of a village lantern candle, and I just died laughing. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. That's probably the most egregious story I got of somebody um, going at me from um, the audience. That's fun, man. It's like it's, it's amazing how, like, you know, those those are these, you know, what do you call a badge of honor? Like, mm-hmm. you earn your stripes. Yeah. You know, these horrible things. And that's what people don't understand. It's like... You know, I was on the road this weekend. I was in Maryland and stuff. We were talking comics and stuff. And it was like, you know, it's like the setup is all wrong in comedy. Like, it's somehow, somehow they did it wrong. And they've, you know, they kind of, you know, like, like it's a weird thing. Because it's like we get mad because they're too drunk. Mm-hmm. But we force them to drink. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so At least two. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. too long Island, Long Island iced teas. Forget it. Yeah. You're and, done. And depending on what yeah. club you at, some of them people, yeah. I be seeing them poor, and I go, wow. So a lot of it is, you know, 90% of it is them. Mm-hmm. Like, they should know better as people mm-hmm. to, like, you go into a public place, you sit down, you watch the entertainment, you let mm-hmm. the entertainer do what they do, yeah. you don't interrupt that, you wouldn't do it at a play. We, don't, we you, get no respect. No, none. But at the same time... We do talk to them, mm-hmm. and then we get mad because later on they want to keep talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and then we feed them drinks. Yeah, and so the, it's a kind of a setup. Yeah, but but what? But it makes us funnier people mm-hmm. because it's it's almost like you know you've added another element, right? And it, and that element sometimes brings out this funnier thing inside mm-hmm. of you, and so you become a better comic because it, it, of it. Yeah, it's it's a training. Because you know if mean? you just did theaters, if that's all you ever did, you would not be the comic that you are. Oh, no, not yeah. not, not at all. None I'm, of us would be. I'm, I'm, None I'm of us. super grateful for the, um, for the rise, because again, I get to watch those old videos and look at those jokes and go, man, because you, you know, you look back, it's like, yeah. that was my that was my set. Like, that, that closer that I'm doing yeah. was my closer. Oh, and yeah. you look at it and you go, wow, man, fucking... I had less skill then, but the I think the one thing that happens as you keep doing it, I feel like when you start out, you have all the audacity and confidence you'll ever need, yeah. right? Because you don't know shit, all you know is your dream, like the theaters and stuff like that. Yeah. You don't know nothing in between the two. Yeah. Then as you get better, you become a better comedian, you lose a lot of the, um, of the audacity and the enthusiasm because you got... All the rejection, people telling you that you ain't shit. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You thinking you ain't shit. You believe yeah. in, uh, you get the hype and then you lose the hype. So it's a lot of you losing everything you had when you started. Because yeah. now you got the skill, but you don't got nothing to drive. Sure. You know? And I think the best thing to do is try to keep those two things as close to each other as you can. But as far as like to what you said about if you only did like the theater stuff like that. Yeah. I'm glad I'm able to sharpen the blade, and then oh, hopefully when, it, when it's time to do those things. Oh yeah, then you're right. Like yeah, Cut. theater's nothing. Forget yeah. it. Like anything like that. Well, you like, you could just be uninterrupted. Forget it. And, and you paid to be here. Yeah, and you're focused. And, and you're happy to see me. Yeah. Oh my god. You're paying attention. Yep. Yeah. It's a whole and, thing. And I come from the am I come from the ambush shows. Like yeah. I did. I would do the mics in the um, mainstream clubs. Yeah. But then I would go to the urban rooms for my station. Yeah. And it's like you in a place where you really getting to watch people. That know how to do comedy, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and when I say know how to do comedy, I mean they know how to bring these people to them. Yeah, because yeah. that's one of the failings that I think happened between the generations of comics, where it's like the first thing I remember, and I look back now and I go, I think that's the bad, or the wrong way to do it, is um people tell the young comic, yo, don't worry about the money. That's right and wrong because yeah. 
you're saying that from a position of somebody that's probably making some type of money. Maybe maybe a lot, maybe a little, yeah. but you make some type of money. Yeah. If the young comic doesn't know what the money is supposed to look like, the pool is going to lower. Sure. And it's going to keep lowering. Because yeah, you yeah. might do that college gig, but they got to pay you $2,000. Yeah. Right? Now, that young comic might not be as good as you now. Yeah. But when... If they keep going, they're going to become comparable. But yeah. because they don't know anything about the money and they offer that young comic the gig, the young comic with the energy and all sure. that, and they come in at $1,500 lower than what you're going to do it for, yeah. now your $2,000 gig turned into $500. Absolutely. Yeah. And you go, oh, they fucking up the money. Well, you didn't want to talk to them about the money. <laughs> no, it's like you're, you know, you're very savvy with that stuff. And I mm-hmm. think, uh, you know, comics, you need to be back back a little bit with cutting the teeth thing. Mm-hmm. I uh, When I was kind of the, the equivalent of the 18-year-old Nico, I started mm-hmm. late. I started like 26. Mm-hmm. And then I was, uh, my shows, I started, I was a busboy at Dior Comedy Club, and I got, my mark was on Seymour uh, Swan shows. Seymour. Those uptown, mm-hmm. and I did some uptown comedy stuff, and then I did the Seymour, the Latino and Urban Night, and mm-hmm. on uh, Fridays and Saturdays at midnight. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, I mean, it, it, and they had a contest and like all this stuff, and it was just this whole thing, and it's just like, West. yeah, and they would just come at you hard. Yeah. And if you, you know, if you could handle those crowds, they, I mean, that night you would just become a better comic. Yeah. Like if you had one good set on those and, shows, and it would last comic. you for all the bad sets oh, yeah. in the other kinds of rooms. Mm-hmm. I, I, I scream, especially like black comedians. I'm oh, yeah. like. Go to the hood room. Because sure. you know, one, one thing I hate, well, fuck it, we we here now. <laughs> one thing I can't stand is when people complain, yeah. about, especially like in the alternative bar show scene, yeah. where they'll complain about people asking for stage time. I go, you fucking dolts. There's a reason why. No, nobody run a show because they getting all the stage time. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? You run a show because you're not getting stage time. Yeah. In the urban rooms, five minutes is not a hard ask. You yeah. know what I mean? They'll sure. give you five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're good, you can stay, you're going to stay up longer. Yeah. And if you ain't, they're going to get you soon. Yeah. But they'll offer you the time. Because it's like, again, comic comics, no comics. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And we should be able to give each other that type of deference. I see my... I, one thing that pissed me off, I seen... um, It was a group of young comics that stopped by the Grizzly Pair, right? A couple yeah. months ago. And I'm sitting there... And I don't like to hear people's enthusiasm get pulled out of them. And it's a group of young guys, funny young guys. And they're like, hey, you know, I'm thinking about hitting up so-and-so for a show. And the first thing the other comic says is like, nah, man, I I went to do that. But the girl, she screenshotted me and then she shared it because I asked to do the show. And I I, I looked over and I said, you got to be fucking kidding me. Y'all doing, you doing that to each other? Because the thing about those rooms is ain't nobody getting paid. Yeah. At least in the urban rooms, the first two are going to be free. Yeah. The third and fourth, they'll throw you $50. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So there's no money being passed around. What's all What's all this grit locked in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too much cloggage. And we shouldn't be the ones creating the cloggage. And I'm not saying put yeah. up everybody that has to do your show. It's your show. True. But if you see the same kid coming and he comes every week and he's been doing that for a month. Yeah. Five minutes ain't gonna break your show. Well, here's the problem with with that, mm-hmm. particularly that, mm-hmm. um, because there's there's a problem with stand up comedy, and um, it's it's pretty decent on the comic level. I feel like there's a pretty good scene that's happening. I like you guys. I think you guys at your level, you guys be under you, the guys mm-hmm. that are around me, the guys that are above me, whatever. I think it's there's good comedy happening. Yes, but the problem is. Um, the talent doesn't precede um, the other areas of comedy, mm-hmm. where it's just like, I'm really good at a lineup, mm-hmm. and not everybody is. I'm pretty good at like seeing the future of who's going to be this guy and who's and I and I can cultivate people and help people, but I don't think everybody. That, that's the problem is a lot of these people have access to like a great room and they have access to stage time and they have access to you know putting people up and then it's all about their friends. It's all about just some bullshit and then they try to like hold this. I've never had a power trip about you know helping people out or giving people stage. I don't have a power. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate the idea of it. Uh, you know, but I, it's something I'm good at, so mm-hmm. I kind of continue need to do it mm-hmm. but it's like when people you're hurting the art form because right. like you know i i think 
the, to me, it's every single part of it is art. Like mm-hmm. bringing this MC on stage, that's an important job. The way yep. you announce the beginning of the show, like yep. there's all these details that nobody gives a fuck about. Yep. The, the way you interact with mm-hmm. people, the way you you know let people grow, there's, there's, start paying people we didn't yep. pay before, like it, whatever it is, you have to study. You have there's to get, some, be good at that. that. You said years ago, yeah. back when um, the spot had just opened, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a big crowd. And it's something I think about a lot. I've told other people this, where it's like uh, somebody was like shit on the, not shit on the room, or at least they weren't trying to. But yeah. They were like, uh, you know, it's only something like we could have did this in my car or something like that. Yeah. And you told them, yeah, don't make them feel bad for being here. Yeah. And yeah. that that's one of those things where it's like simple but brilliant. Yeah. Don't make them feel bad about being here because if they weren't here, we can't do the show. Yeah, it's not their fault. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they're, they're happy to be <laughs> yeah, here. Exactly. If it's seven of them, if it's seven of them. Yeah. Give them whatever you want to give them, yeah, and make them feel good about being here. Yeah. But to what you said, that that power trip thing, it's like, look, man, we all we got. Yeah. Because if all if all these clubs close, and if you have a room, right? Yeah. People don't forget. You yeah. know what I'm saying? People don't forget how you treated them when they were down. They don't forget that shit. Yeah. And times do change. They do. It'll be the same person that you put down. That when you see them in years from now. You gonna you gonna go to ask them for something, or you gonna go to yeah. audition for something, and yeah. they are gonna be sitting right there. You gonna kill that audition, and they are gonna tell you, "Hey, you did great. We going with someone else though." <laughs> exactly. Wait, how come? Because when I when I messaged you that time, you screenshot and embarrassed me in front of all those people. <laughs> That's so yeah, stupid. still stuck with me. <laughs> exactly. It, it costs it costs yeah. you nothing to be. A decent be be the person your parents raised you to be. Absolutely. Now, yep. mind you, I don't know how people's parents raised. No, them, I so. wasn't raised right, but I, I figured it out. Right. You know, I. Th- 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 you know, there's people telling motherfuckers, "Oh, well, you know, when one one a friend of mine and I told him on Facebook, he was like, you know, if you don't hang out at the show, blah blah blah. I said, okay, man, look, how many times can somebody hang out at a show that they're not getting on before they realize they're wasting their time? Because yeah. that's one of the reasons why I think you don't see a lot of young black comedians because there's a lot of them there's a lot of them out here right now that are funny but they don't come to the clubs as much as they used to because there's such a clog at the clubs right now yeah you know what i mean i remember when check spots were so easy to get you could go if you were first at uh like stand up new york i think when i before i started doing check spots dan soder and jordan rock were eating up the check spots yeah so like whoever whichever one of them got there first that was who would be on checks but you get spots we had a couple more clubs open yeah now the black comedians will go into the clubs, but they'll find shit. I can't if I come here every day, I ain't gonna get on. But I can go and do the rooms and get on every day. So which am I willing to do? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So if I come here and I sit around and I do the thing and I'm patient and all that, but you feel like you ain't getting anywhere. And then your act is suffering because you ain't able to get up. So they yeah. go other places. And this is my Big thing that um, makes me kind of sad is that there's yeah. no industry in the black rooms anymore. Yeah, yeah. there is none. There's no. I mean, in general, it's it's very it's fleeing. You know, I feel yeah. like, you know, there are a few festivals here and there, but mm-hmm. it's definitely uh, it's not. Yeah, I think when well, it's just all changed. You know, it, mm-hmm. it changed even before I started. It changed. You know, it's like I started in the late '90s and you know early 2000s, and it's like there was a little bit left. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit of energy that would be at the club, but mm-hmm. I mean. Not like those guys. They talk about Johnny Carson and shit. It's mm-hmm. like I mean, it was like it was like a Monday. It could right. change your fucking career. Yeah. The last person I heard, the last person I remember changing their career mm-hmm. was um, what's his name? Fucking uh, just uh, Mike. Uh, he does a lot of uh, cruise ships. He did Letterman a few times. Mm-hmm. Michael Somerville. Oh, right, Michael right. Somerville. I remember one time him telling me that he he it was a rainy like Monday or something, and he had a spot at uh, uh, when the stand had that little room mm-hmm. the, in Long Island City. Right. And he went down there and he did uh, did like a spot, and there was literally like six people. Yeah. And but one of the six was the Booker for Letterman. Okay. And it was just a fluke that she was there and she was watching the show. She happened to live near the air near the club or whatever. And then, you know, 
he had some set, and he had that same mentality that we always talk about, where it's like he didn't care there were six people. Yeah. Like, he's not the kind of comics that can go, oh, fuck this. and mm-hmm. like He's going to do his act. Yeah. He's going to give it 100, mm-hmm. and he's going to do it. And that night, he did that, and then she talked to him after, and he got Letterman. And sure enough. But see, yeah. now to where, like, to what I'm saying is, like, in the, in the urban scene especially, back then, like, when you started, they still had avenues. Like, yeah. Def Comedy Jam still a thing. Comic View was still a thing. They tried to bring it back. And, I mean, they tried to bring it back, but the reason yeah. why I don't think it latched on... Come on, you had P. Diddy's, you, Bad Boys, come you on, You had P. Diddy, Bad Boy Comedy, <laughs> but here's the thing. Who was the host of that, right? And all those guys are still working. Yeah, 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 All those guys are still working, but they're all a part of that yeah. era, Right. But when we look at now and you look at, well, what's the avenue for a young black comedian? Yeah. You can't name one because you have the late nights and stuff like that. But we don't yeah. we don't dominate in that um in that category. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think what th- would need to happen is you would need to find a young black comedian who matches the tone of the right now. Because Martin Lawrence matched the tone yeah, sure. of that era. You know what I mean? They all did. Well, they're doing some new stuff on Comedy Central. The uh, New Negroes. Yeah, 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 they're, yeah. yeah. They're, they're trying a little bit. I yep. think Hannibal shook it up. Like, there's some guys that, you know, definitely taking some new risks. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's just like, I, you what know, it's funny. Got? Well, I got you. Got yeah. you. Come on, never do that, man. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, you were pro till right then. Because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I got to fucking edit that shit out. Come oh, on, I'm man. Do, do that. Just be like, go like this or something. I'm trying to wrap it up right now. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, you better. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I did White Boys in the Hood, and I don't think you could do that show now. Mm-hmm. Like, I think having something called White, mm-hmm. something called In the Hood, mm-hmm. like, I think it would just be an uproar. And you know? I, I wish we would stop being afraid of that, though, because... I, I mean, I think so. I, 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 think, I think that's the problem, where you, even when you look at TV, yeah. both sides, I think, need something to watch, right? So yeah. when you look at Roseanne and that whole thing, and I have friends of mine, like, outside of comedy, they were like, you know, what did you think of the Roseanne thing? I was like, it scared the hell out of me. Yeah. They are like, do you think she should have lost a job? I said, look, I don't really care what happens with her. She's rich, right? Yeah. But if she was getting Super Bowl numbers and they'd fire her, what are they going to do to me? Yeah. You got to think about that. Like, if they'll fire her and she's getting Super Bowl ratings yeah. now, yeah. in a time when nobody really watches TV, that's big news. And if they cut her off over a tweet, we should be worried. And yeah. we we spend too much time being worried. I got friends that got great ideas, but they won't try them because they're afraid there's going to be backlash. Yeah. And it's like, well, dog, you could it could be backlash, but if 100,000 people like it yeah. and want to see you now, that's all you really need. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, just one last thing I would say. Um, I just recently saw, uh, it's a great show if you get a chance. It's extended till June. It's called I'm Not a Comedian, I'm Lenny Bruce. It's oh, just, amazing. It's a great show. It's this guy. He does an amazing job. And, uh, you know, Lenny Bruce got, he got locked up for the, for the word cocksucker. Yeah. You know, like the things like that Lenny like would get arrested for is phenomenal. What I mean, we say whatever we want now. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, it's a really good show if you get a chance. But thanks for being here, man. Thank I feel you like, uh, you know, it's always good. I always say that uh, a podcast is usually one or two things to get to know somebody or to catch up with people. It's not like we're going to go for coffee. So I got yeah. to invite you to a podcast. Right. <laughs> just to catch up and hang out. Mm-hmm. But uh, you want to plug anything, any podcasts or any websites or so, Twitter? What do you got? If you want to catch up with me, you can find me at my website. That's NicoWhite.com. That's N-E-K-O-W-H-I-T-E dot C-O-M. I just started a podcast about Harry Potter stuff called the Potterhood Podcast. <laughs> and you can find more information about that, again, at my website, yeah. NicoWhite.com. Um, I'm introducing me tours going across the country. And things are fine. <laughs> things are fine. Uh, thank you for listening to I'll Leave You With This. Uh, please follow us on Twitter. I'll Leave You With This and our Facebook page. And if you're interested in uh, stand-up comedy, I do comedy co- coaching. Just follow me, Outlaw Comedy Coaching, on Facebook. And you can catch me. Uh, I'll be at uh, Key West Comedy Club, uh, 8th through the 9th in uh, Florida and uh, somewhere else in Miami. You can just catch it on my website. And uh, thank you for listening to I'll Leave You With This. Yeah.